Welcome to the Like a Bigfoot podcast. I'm your host, Chris Ward. Um, this week's episode is going to be awesome. We're sitting down. We're talking with Jason Green, the creator of the Yeti Trail Runners uh, out on the East Coast, down kind of in the Southeast area. Uh, Jason is amazing. He's like one of the most positive guys, uh, just a dude full of just with love in his heart. Uh, it just seems like a super, super genuine Super great guy. And I was thinking about trail running in general. I did one of my first races since uh, last September when I did the Boonville Backroads Ultra in Iowa. And I did like a, a trail half marathon this weekend out in Fruta, Colorado. And I was like, man, like there's so much about this that I love. One, I love exploring new areas on foot under human power, preferably by running sometimes limping that's fine but uh preferably by by running down the trail um it's just a really cool way to connect with nature but also to connect with that like local area that you're exploring right um i love the idea of exploring uh i love how trail running really gets you not only to explore you know the like the places that you're running through but it also gets you explore like internally, right? Like you have the low moments and that's when you get to really, uh, you know, have the, I, I call them like the clear, the mirror moments, right? Like if your mirror's foggy and you're not really seeing yourself in a true light and then all of a sudden you have a clear the mirror moment and it clears it and you're like, whoa, okay, <laughs> this is who I am at my core. Here's some things I need to work on. Here's some things that are awesome. Here are things that have been bothering me. Um, I think trail running is just kind of like a really cool, method to get to those moments in your life um but along with those two ideas um i think a major thing that is beautiful about trail running and something that i realized this weekend when i was surrounded by fellow trail runners you know um is just the community aspect this is a group of people who have also put that training in put those solo hours and hours of miles and miles in uh to get to the start line with you and and they inspire me so much and that's one of the reasons why i started this podcast right because i want to sit down and talk to people who who you know you're at the start line with like what are their stories what are they exploring what are they trying to figure out um and i just love that trail running brings this community of people where you know, from the outside world, you know, you might be in different jobs or, or, you know, live in different cities, but then all of a sudden you're all together to do this like really communal event. I think that's amazing. Um, and I bring that up today because I think Jason Green and the Yeti trail runners, I think they have this beautiful, wonderful, awesome community of people. And I think it all stems from Jason's passion for the sport and really his passion for bringing people together in a really unique way. Um, and so that's kind of what we get into here. We also talk about all sorts of stuff. I'm very excited. Um, we also bring on Phil Pinty as a uh, co-host today. Uh, Phil is a buddy of mine, um, met him at Desert Rats. Uh, so, and he's from the East Coast. He His very first 100 miler was the Yeti 100. So I wanted to bring somebody on who has actually participated in one of Jason's events. Um, so I'm super excited for this episode. Before we get into it though, I have to say, 
Um, I want to thank you guys for everybody who contributed to our Indiegogo campaign for our Desert Rats documentary this summer. Um, I'm just blown away by all the support. So thank you so much. If it's something you're interested in and you haven't supported us yet or you haven't um, looked into looked into it, you can find it on Indiegogo Desert Rats. Um, I'll put it on our Facebook, all that stuff. Uh, appreciate the support. Appreciate all the uh, love that you guys have been sending out there to us. So it's been awesome. It's going to make this project even more special to me. Um, but yeah, guys, let's get into it. This is like a Bigfoot podcast number 251 with the incredible Jason Green. I can't believe it's been this long. You know, I can't believe I've been doing this podcast for so long, Jason, and I've never had you on though i think you've been on my like like dream guest list for a while um i'm having on jason green he's the creator of the yeti trail runners um, which is this amazing trail running community uh in the southeast and dude i'm just really excited to have you on thanks for coming on oh thanks so much for having me on i i i uh i like the fills here i liked everyone i mean i think this is good and I, yeah. I like when people are excited to uh, see me. You know, sometimes <laughs> sometimes I do these interview like about a, two months ago that Trail Running Magazine called me and they're like, hey, can we interview you? And they were asking the worst questions. I was like, I can't, I can't do this. Like, you guys even run trails? Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> at what age did you start running, Jason? Like, who cares? <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Let me mark that quest. Scribble that question. No, I'm just, uh, <laughs> I, I'm also joined today with, uh, by Phil Pinty. Um, Phil's going to co-host today because Phil, dude, I'm, okay, first of all, I just have to do this right now. I'm going to put on my Virginia's for lovers yes. hat, just yes. for you, Jason. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. I started my trail running jersey, uh, journey in Danville, Virginia. Um, Danville. <laughs> you, you know, there is nothing like an accent from Danville. You, you know, and you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, you don't, you really lost it. Like, I couldn't really figure it out. But, like, a lot of folks there be like, you know, I'm up from around Danville. You know, like, it's just, like, weird. Yeah. I love it. It's so beautiful there. I'm from the Midwest originally. We were down there for three <laughs> years. Uh, but, dude, I ordered pizza once, and I was just, like, I turned to my wife. I'm like, what? What? I can't translate this. <laughs> I, I love the accent in Danville. It's it's absolutely beautiful to me. <laughs> <laughs> But I will say it's one of my biggest shames that I started trail running down there. And I'm going to be embarrassed to say this right in front of you, but I never ran a Yeti trail runner event. And I feel that, like such a jerk. You know, that's okay. <laughs> it, it takes some uh, people, uh, you know, a lot of time to get to us, right? I, f I feel like, you know, people do a bunch of things and then they end up with us and they go, where, why, why didn't I know about this sooner? Right? Like, you know, and. And that's great. And then you just have some really people that end up there and they're like, what is this? I can't be a part of this. You know, like, so it's, it's a two-way street. And I always say, we are not everyone's cup of tea. Like, I will just put that out there, right? So, you know, people that run our races are very eccentric. Like, uh, I'm borderline crazy. Like, you know, I run races and I pour my heart into races I run and put on too. So, you know. Some people are just like, oh, I, I can't get with these people. You know? <laughs> no. 
and this is fun. Dude, that's amazing. Well, man, I got to say, like, just from, you know, hearing from Phil and we'll, we'll talk to Phil in a bit. We didn't, we didn't mute Phil or anything. Um, <laughs> but just hearing from Phil and then I, I just watched the Yeti trail runner film and, you know, just from what I've heard about Yeti, um, you just seem Jason, like you seem like the spirit of trail running. And I know that's putting a lot of pressure on you, but to me, I'm like, dude, you're, you represent what is good about this sport to me. Like what I enjoy about it. Uh, oh, thank you. Did, did my mom pay you to say that crap? I, I mean, I, I'm trying to figure this out. Like, I'm like, are you trying to get, like, you already have my number, my man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, your mom like, did. I, I was in a, but thank you for that. Because, you know, it's, 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 I, it is, it is really something that spoke to me a long time ago and I just had to do it. And I, and it makes me just, so happy and joyous to watch people run trails and run in the mountains and it, it just it i love it i i there's a few things in my life that make me feel like that skateboarding you know uh lately it's like a little bit of mountaineering like you know like uh i still don't like to be on a rope you know like in the outside world i can be in one inside but <laughs> but you know i i think it's one of those things that just, if I wouldn't have found, I often think to myself, what if I wouldn't have found a trail running? Like what would have happened, right? Because it, it really is this thing with me, right? And and I feel like I just ha always have to get it out and I have to run, I have to, you know, I love like very remote trail runs and it, they just make me, it, I, I don't know what it is. I feel like I was born to do it, Yeah. right? And I often say, I, I don't know what the other thing is like next week I could meet a man in a sweater and he could teach me how to sell boats and I'd be gone for two years <laughs> selling around the world. Like I never know. <laughs> so, so you, I, I, I didn't get to pick trail running and I didn't get to pick skateboarding. They, they chose me and they spoke to something so deep inside of me that I had to do it. You, you know, like uh, it's, it's, I know a lot of people like born to ride, born to run. Like I swear to you, like skateboarding, running trails. Like I, I don't know what I would do if I didn't find those things. I, I really do not. Yeah. Yeah. So, what, what is it like? I don't know. I kind of, I, I was texting Phil earlier and I just was like, man, I just want to talk about like the joy of trail running. Like I was kind of like, I don't really have a full plan for the interview except just to hear like, what is it to you that makes trail running this unbelievably enjoyable experience? Because, you know, I think there's magic in the, in the mountains in Virginia there. Cause like, as soon as I would go out and be covered in spider webs and dirt and ticks and all that stuff, I'm like, this is my favorite thing ever. Like this is the, yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, here's what I love about trail running. This is why I like it. Here's what it does for me. There is no right way to do it. There's no wrong way to do it. Like sometimes I'm just walking really fast for 12 miles through, yeah. the, through <laughs> the mountains. Like it, it, it is a true, and it makes me, it gives me a chance to be 12 every day in the mountain. Like I'm like, Oh, you know, is this a cougar bear? Like it's this sense of exploration for me. And, and this is people I do 
probably 99% of my run solo and Summit Pursuit solo, and I love it. And like I said, it's just, it's, it's a sense of adventure. I get the same feeling like as when I was a kid playing in my backyard, like digging for treasure, right? Yeah. And I'd bring it in and my mom would wash it off. And I grew up in this old home in a small town in Virginia. And, uh, you know, low and you know, I thought I was a pirate and would dig for treasure like every day, probably, you know, and uh, it, it, I, it really makes me feel the same way. And uh, I, by the way, one day I, my mother uh, uh, found a diamond. I, I found the real diamond when I was 10 years old. I kid you not. <laughs> She's like, I knew it would pay off. I knew letting him be <laughs> pretend he was a pirate. Everyone said I was crazy. <laughs> and, we, and we still and we still have this diamond. And they haven't cut diamonds like that since like the 1800s. It's like a type of miner's cut. It's pretty funny. Dude, that <laughs> so, is, but, yeah. Isn't that funny? And it, it really gives me that sense of ex- exploration. I I love it. Like I said, there's sometimes I go super fast. Sometimes I'm just walking and I like it. Like no one can, the thing about Troran is like, no one can tell you how to do it. Like it's your own fun, right? Like it, it's, that's what I enjoy about. There is no right or wrong, wrong way. And, and, and however you choose to do it, it's, it's, it's just awesome. You know? Yeah. When I think I, at least from my experience on the East coast, when I was running out there, you feel that, I feel like maybe I, I felt it more. I felt more of like, there is no right way or wrong way of doing this. Like, like you just said, you can go fast or slow or walk or, or you can be covered in blood by the end, or you could yeah. you know, try to hop over the creeks and stuff. But like, yeah, there's, there's no wrong way. There's no judgment. It's just, everyone's out there kind of having a good time. Oh, absolutely. And this is what's incredible. And this is kind of the basis of the Yeti races. And I tell people all the time, I grew up putting on little skateboard contests behind the Chevron. That guy was not ever happy. I didn't ever tell him when I was putting on a skateboard contest. <laughs> and, he, and he sure didn't approve. But it, it wasn't really the person who did the best trick that day that won the contest. So it was a person who like had the spirit, right? Like, so if you came and like, you were just trying to learn to drop in and you finally nailed it at hour six, like you got, you got, the, you got the big day. The day was yours. And, and that's how I feel about trail running. Sometimes for me as a race director, like I am in awe of elite's efforts, you know, yeah. someone come out running 13, 14 hour, hundred milers. Awesome. Like, but I am just as in awe as the, as the person just grinding their heart out out there. Like everyone, like, and, and this is, this is why people always laugh. And I go, you know, I keep like races like the Yeti 100 to about 300 people solely so I can follow them. Yeah. Like I will go troll you on Instagram, Facebook and find out your story because I, like to see what you're up against and i like to see what you overcome at the race and and there are so many like just i i i wish i could bottle up what happens at the finish line like in the see someone go further than they ever have before and it, it you know sometimes the person that fin- finishes right in the middle it's their day it should be their race right like yeah. they should win the race to me sometimes you know so 
but dude everyone gets a rock glued to a piece of wood so (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing phil like can you reflect on basically that idea based on when you ran yeti uh, I need to start off by just saying that I'm on absolute cloud nine right now that I'm sitting down with like a Bigfoot and also the owner and creator of Yeti trail runners, race director, Jason green. I'm just beside myself. So <laughs> thank you so much for that 15 minute introduction. Guys, are both, are, are both of you trying to sleep with me today? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm I'm over here uh, I'm over here taking notes and everything. And I hope I don't get a, a monetization strike or anything like that. But something that comes to mind when when Jason is is speaking is he reminds me a lot of Home Depot. Because See, this is why I brought Phil. This is exactly <laughs> why I brought him. Because you can do it, and he can help. Like, <laughs> like. You, you you started off the podcast by saying like you're coming off of this weekend. What was it, the Seven Eleven this weekend? Yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, and you just pour so much of your heart and your soul and and all of your effort into this race, all of the races that you put on, and it's almost like you have to go through, like almost like a mourning process or something after the fact because you've devoted so much time and effort and everything into organizing it, and I can only imagine the amount of feelings and emotions and everything that are going on for you. But like, you almost take that time to like respect what has just happened, what you've just witnessed, what you help people accomplish. And, you know, having run your, your damn Yeti in June of 2018 and then running your Yeti 100 in September of 2019, like I, I did things with you (laughs) quote unquote. No, I'm joking. (laughs) I, I did things with you that I, at the beginning of, of my running career could have only imagined doing like, I, I never imagined running a hundred miles. And you told me at Yeti 50 that if I ever did a hundred, it'd be at one of your races. And I mean, like you just make, like you make magic, man. It's, it's an honor. Hey, thank you. And uh, I think really a lot, and a lot to the, the, the Yeti races all have like a very personal connection to me in my life. Uh, like the seven eleven. When I first started at 7-Eleven, I got so much hate mail from like, like veteran ultra runners. They were like, you, you can't do this. This is a get out of the standard of 6, 12, and 24. And I was like, my re- response was like, how the hell are we going to serve alcoholic slushies if we're not the 7-Eleven? But also that race, my, I, my folks would drive me to this place, Mount Trashmore in Virginia Beach. Dude, I've ran it, man. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and I and when I was like 14, 15, and just to skateboard. My parents were vacationing in the worst places just so I could skateboard, right? Like and, literally uh, it's a mountain of trash <laughs> that they buried and then grew grass on somehow. <laughs> and so in the evening, you know, times were way different than, you know, it's like 15. And I'd go to 17th Street Surf Shop and hang out across the street and we'd skate this curb at the 7-Eleven. And I had such fond memories of this place. And it was like a lot of first happened for me there. First kiss, first beer, right? Like Ooh. on that curb. Like, and I tell people like, when I started the race, I started 7-Eleven because you know, there's no fail there. And I wanted people to have a lot of positive firsts. Like, so, and 
just this weekend, you know, there was probably 25 people first ultra distance. So it brings up, it like conjures up all the stuff inside of me about the days at 7-Eleven and like people reaching all these goals. And it's, it really is overwhelming. It's very strange to me. Like, and I just, I really have to stop and do a lot of reflection and like, and just get, just get my crap together, you know, <laughs> so yeah, well, and I feel like that's what comes through is like you do put this care into these races, you know, and, yeah. and I respect that because it's like, it's, you know, I, I mean, I don't want to say like, it's just, it's obviously there's no other extrinsic factors coming into play. Like you're not like, oh, I'm going for a money grab or whatever, you know? No, no. And it's like when people come up to Virginia to run, that was the first place I ever went you know, for ultra. And I was probably 12, 13. My parents dropped me off at white top for an overnight backpacking trip. And I made it to Abington. It was like 33 miles. I, I didn't know any better. You know, I was like dumb kid, but I'll tell people here was the problem. It was like, there was no mobile phones and no one in Appalachia had an answering machine, right? You just didn't have answering machines. So I guess they were out and I couldn't get in touch with like my, my grandma or anybody. So I was just like stuck in downtown Abington at a gas station, like putting quarters in the payphone to call someone to pick me up. So <laughs> eventually that evening, some, but, and that's, I, that's what I think about when I'm, when people are coming to Damascus and the part of Virginia, it's like, you know, and they run through part of my family's property there. And I, you know, from the early days and it's, it really, I, I love to see people get filled with the joy from that part of Virginia because it, it really made me and it made my entire family and, and, it, and it set up our values and what we care about, you know, how, how we treat people. And I, I love that so many people from around the world and the U S um, come to this little town of Virginia and get to see this little piece of America that I think is so fantastic. Like it is beautiful. And I, and you know, I just, someone did a video and I was like, you know, of what I could do in a day in Damascus. And I went, I was catching a trout in the morning behind the house in a stream skiing and then running summon in Mount Rogers. Like, you know what I mean? Like you can, there is no limit there in the Appalachian mountains. And, I, I like to showcase the mountains and its people. And I, I love when people come there. I think, I think they see a part of America that is, is quite beautiful and, and its people shine pretty greatly. Oh yeah, man. It's like, it's running in the Appalachian mountains is pretty hard to describe. Like it almost like they're the ancient, like the most ancient mountains in yeah. the world. And you like kind of feel it, you know? Yeah. You, I mean, it's so strange to hit like, you know, five, six K out there, like on top of some of those mountains and then just be in a, in a green tunnel, right? Like there's no summit view. There's no nothing. Like, I have a theory though, man. Cause like <laughs> I'm out in Colorado now and I love yeah. it. Like, don't get me wrong. It's awesome out here, but in a different way. So I'll go up and run like a local mountain and I'll have views like the whole entire time. Right. Yeah. Which is great. That's awesome. But in Virginia, I feel like you had to earn those views. Oh, like yeah, yeah, for two you hours did. you're in the you're in the green tunnel you don't see anything but then when you finally get to a little overhang and you're you're able to look out you're just your mind's blown you're like whoa i can't believe i went through that i i, I love it and one thing i love about on the east coast like in virginia 
like sometimes I'll be in Washington, like starting at a trailhead, and I'm like a mile in, and someone's come in there and built stairs. <laughs> you know, I'm in like an Appalachian, like no, nah, you 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 don't need stairs, like you know what I mean. Like yeah. I just I just think it's very strange to me. Some of, but I I agree with this. I I I love it. I I see more wildlife in the Appalachian Mountains than I do, like say Washington, California, other places I've run. Uh, you know, a lot of bears, a lot of snakes, uh, and a lot of bobcats over the years there. So I, I feel like the wildlife's pretty abund abundant in uh, the Appalachian yeah. Mountains. Yeah, man. I, I well, think that's I, I think that's something else that comes across in like every interview you do or every every video. I, I saw the video you did about Damascus. Yeah. And, you know, the older yeah. I get, the more you appreciate your home, like where, oh. where, where you came from, right? Like your, your postman, the, the trash guy, the, the coffee shop, and like coming to run a race in Damascus, you like not only your love for the runners, but your love for the place that you're hosting these events, right? Like it almost becomes, you know, you think of like home alone and you think of the McAllister house, right? The house itself almost becomes its own character and like when you come to run a race with you you embrace damascus so hard it's like it's almost another element of the race you know yes yeah i mean i also like it because you the everyone in my hometown will tell embarrassing stories about <laughs> me right like so you know i i was just there that weekend and i went into this little uh neighborhood market and they've known my family for i don't know 50 years right and i walk in and they were like you know, they always tell the most embarrassing stories. Like, especially if I'm with someone, they'll like pull something out that I'm like, is that true? Like, you know, I still don't know if it's happened, but I, I love it. Like, you know, it's, it's a very humbling, I, I love it. I think, you know, I, I like to hear stories about my childhood and wild ways and you know how the local police would chase me around on a skateboard all day. So. If you if you buy if you buy a bumper sticker or a T-shirt from the the outfitters there in downtown, yeah. you'll, you'll certainly hear a Jason Green story. <laughs> <laughs> this is true, <laughs> and those would probably be very recent too. Also, they're like this happened yesterday. <laughs> like this man came in here and got into a bar fight last week <laughs> um dude i have to ask because i saw um i heard a little bit i mean you just mentioned it where your parents yeah. dropped you off and you ran down the appalachian trail like yeah. was that like uh uh you know like hey we're gonna drop you off you have to get to this town that's how you become a man in southwest uh, virginia I, I wish i wish that was i was just a dumb kid um so you know i was i was really big in the boy scouts huge in the boy scouts and um so i did a lot of like solo backpacking you know overnighting when i was 12 even started then like believe you know i i know people at home i'm like i can't imagine that yeah i can't imagine that now either but you know it's a very independent kid and they dropped me off and my intentions were to go halfway to Damascus overnight and then finish the next day. Right. Very yeah. doable. Right. But the problem was, is my kid brain. I just was like, I, I didn't know I went, you know, 33 miles. <laughs> just, you know, like, I felt like. Did I you have like hydration or just, nutrition or anything? Oh, I, you know, I probably had like at Wait, the time, like a canteen and iodine tablets. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so, you know, you know, that, that you just like put the, those tablets and make your water just tastes horrible. 
<laughs> so I, I I can't remember what I had, but I, I don't I don't think I remember like having much. And and you know every year I run my birthday age up there, and uh, for the past like fifteen years, and uh, I just carry a handheld and eat at Subway, you know. So like, and and the very first one hundred. I made, like, it was invite only. And a lot of people don't know this. Like, I used to just invite people to to do that. And I made them self-support. Like, they couldn't go to their car. They had to go to the gas station or subway, you know? And I was always surprised at how many finishers, right? Like, and it became a race that way. Because suddenly, it was like 25 of my friends were trying to come, Right. And, and I was like, oh, that's too many. Like at 25, like somebody's going to die, pass out, you know, lay on a bench somewhere and cause trouble for me. You know, like the police, you know. So that is how it became a race. And the very first open race, I kept to to make it more a little more tough. There was no aid between Damascus and Whitetop. <laughs> Up the mountain, yes. You know. But now we've, we're all a little bit more sensitive. <laughs> Those were the days of old when, like, you know, you'd be running, you're like, oh, they have a Slim Jim and some water here. That's good. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Oh, we're yeah. good. Yeah. Now I get, now I get oh, emails it's like, Jason, you didn't have any vegan burritos at mile 19. I'm like, why are you eating <laughs> vegan burritos at mile 19 anyway? <laughs> yeah, man. I, well, dude, I, first of all, I, I have to ask this too, before we really get into it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess we're into it already. I don't know why I just said that. Uh, <laughs> why Yeti? I mean, obviously my podcast is like a Bigfoot and that came directly from trail running in Danville. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is about like, I don't know, maybe when I started Yeti was, geez, 13 years ago now, 12, 13. It was like just a little page. Um, you know, I, I have a long career in the booze business, like long career, like um, in the craft industry. Yeah. Um, so um, at the time, uh, I went out to Colorado and was like, you know, get, uh, acquiring breweries like Oscar Blues, right? And someone gave me off the draft room a Yeti Imperial Stout. Yeah. And so I named the group after my favorite beer. And at the time, <laughs> that good. beer was pretty groundbreaking, by the yeah. way. Like, I, like it, was, it was amazing, right? Like, that's why Left Hand probably came into existence. They're milk stout. You know what I mean? Like, at the time, those were the beers. And I, I really named it after that beer. And then, but also at the time, the, my, my, my mentor in ultra running, David, was this, like, hairy man that didn't run with the shirt on. <laughs> So it kind of like fit it all, you know, it just kind of came together like that. And at yeah. the time, like there's no Yeti coolers, any crap, like, like they're just yeah. what they weren't around, you know? Yeah. And in fact, probably like 10 years ago, that Yeti cooler sent me a cease and desist because we had like <laughs> shirts. And I was like, you, you know, we were here before you, <laughs> like we sent it back and they couldn't say anything. Right. Like, you know, I think, I think people don't realize at the time there was just nothing named Yeti, right? Yeah. Like there was very, just not much. And it was really the greatest beer I ever had at the time. And my friend Dave, who was just, 
You know, it's one of those people where he has to, like, shaves his beard and he's got that ring. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah. Like, a he neck- can't run with a shirt on because it just, like, it just, like, uh, stands off of his chest and back. <laughs> and, and I remember one race and, you know, at the, he had taught me to run ultras and I, I was get, I was getting pretty fast and, you know, he still just didn't want me to beat him in a race. And we're at this race called Stump Jump, maybe about 11 years ago. And I, I had passed him at mile like 20, you know, and I felt good. And the last climb was like a two mile climb up to the finish. And I swear to God, this dude came walking by me. Like I was in like a little trot and he came walking behind me and he was like, Jason, I told you how important it was to train to walk. <laughs> you know what I mean? And he just like came by me, like walking 14 minute miles just out. And I was all head down, you know, trying to do a little trot up. So, it was like the combination of all those things. And and that's how I came to be Yeti. So yeah. that's, that's amazing, man. I love that so much for whatever reason, Bigfoot, Yeti, trail running mountains, like it just goes together and I, it's hard to explain, you know? Yes. Yes. I, I agree. Like, but you know, that beer I, is amazing. I, if I, had to, I do like cougar though. I like cougar, you know, <laughs> I feel like, the cougar is very representative of the mountains to me. That you is know? true. You run a little bit out here where I am now. It's like I run with a little bit of fear every time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You if know, you, if, just, you were, if you if you would have called it the Cougars running group, though, it might have been a whole different thing by now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it totally would be. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Yeah, good call. Good call on the Yeti. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and at the, you know, the very first races, um, you know, great, to, like, great divides. Like, we were really the first events and races with craft beers at the finish, right? Because uh, I was just in the industry. And great divide would, like, hook us all up with, like, swat, like, you know, I think we were having, like, $10 races, like, enough to, you know, that's what it was in my backyard on, like, trails I and I built, you know, and they would just send all this stuff, and it was so cool, like, people just loved, you know, it was awesome, and it was, they were, uh, what a great brewery to support, like, trail running, because they, they made fans in Georgia, their sales boom for years there, you know, and, you know, just because they were uh, pretty good to the community, right? Yeah. But yeah. now as the list of breweries has grown at the time, there's probably 1500 craft breweries in the country right yeah. now. All these guys are, are fighting, you know, the nanos and the, 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 all the breweries on every block. these it's, days. This is, so, crazy, this, is a great, man. this is a great part of the podcast. I thought we could, uh, we could bring up some road running. <laughs> Please. So, and, wait, what I want to get at is like, you think of like the Boston marathon or something like that. Yeah. And the amount of prestige and the history and all those things that make, you know, this crowning achievement in road running, like what it is. And like, Jason, I'm not, I'm not just telling you this, but like hearing these stories about you starting Yeti trail runners incorporating, having, you know, I, I remember my first ultra and there was, there was beer there and people were drinking or eating like, cheetos and candy and stuff and i'm like what the hell what are people like this is so sacrilege from what like running is but like everything that you're promoting and everything that you pour your heart into is like what to me and i think chris like makes ultra running ultra running or trail running trail running like it's its own you and you can't you can't fake it you can't 
slap a logo on it. You can't, you know, like the, these companies yeah. that are looking to like jump into trail running and stuff like you, it's not something that can be re reproduced, right? It's like this organic thing. I, I, I agree. And, you know, I, you know, I, I often catch a lot of flack because I always talk so much crap about road running, right? Like, and I tell people if I like, ha if I like got into road running, I just would quit running. Right. <laughs> and people go, well, I like to run on the roads. Like what people don't know is I probably run more road ultras than they have ultras. Right. Like it's not the road. It's the mentality of it all. Right. I, you know, I, I'm not anti-road running. Road running is anti-me, right? Like, you know, like the, the mentality of road runners and road races are just against what, what I hold uh, value. You know, if I show up at your race and you've got a, a nation's bank logo on the back of your shirt, we're probably going to be friends. You know what I mean? Like, that's, they have nothing to do with, like, races or trail running. You know, like, so... And this is, this is why I don't have sponsors at races. We never will, ever, ever. We've never had a sponsor. You know, we've had, like, brewery partners who just send us beer, <laughs> but we don't put them on the shirt. You know, like, now Creature Comforts and um, sends us beer, but we, we just don't have sponsors. I, people get so mad, these companies will be like, hey, can we sponsor your race? And I'm like, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, it's just the thing with me, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. One, your race, your race is kind of like, I, first of all, all the shirts and stuff like that. I, I would feel like a poser not having ran one yet, but I'm like, dude, I want all the shirts, man. They're like, kind of like this punk rock attitude about it, but that's what it's trail really, running is to me still, you know? I agree. I agree. And it's, it's really, uh, people ask me about it all the time. It is straight skate. I grew up skateboarding. And you will see that influence over everything. Like the same, I believe trail running and skateboarding are very similar to like people and ideas and, you know. And so I do what skateboarding did. I take commercial art and I bend it and I make it into trail running. You know, like it's something we see every day. And, you know, occasionally a company gets mad. Uh, Phil just brought up Home Depot. Home Depot. <laughs> Home Depot just sent me a, a nasty little email about, you know, six weeks ago because one of my shirts was called Home Depot doesn't have tools like this because it was like two ice axes crossed. You, you know, like, they were like, please remove this. <laughs> I mean, I, and then at some point I'm like, how, how do they get to that side? Like, and, and what's it matter, right? <laughs> like, Dude, and I guess they're yeah. just web crawling Home Depot, right, and came across it, so... But Maybe one of them was a trail runner and he just like, you know, got a bad Slim Jim or something. At an <laughs> yeah, <education. laughs> yeah. I, I, there's this man, uh, Steve Rocco in skateboarding. And he told me one day that he, every day he would pretty show up and there would be a cease and desist letter waiting <laughs> on him, you know, and he would take like the Burger King logo and mix it around, you know, and he's like, yeah, we've, we've already, we're, we're done. We don't sell that anymore. Like they would do limited runs of like 2000 boards and then move on to the next thing. So, yeah. you know, very Jason, I, I remember, I remember speaking to you earlier on a, on a cast some other time. And it's like, if you haven't received a cease and assist, you're, you're doing something wrong or that's like that. the, tr that's the truth, right? Like I will, I will push your limits of what, you know what I mean? Like of commercial art, right? Like, because I see some of it and I like, I like 
the way the holiday end sign looks to me. Right. Yeah. So I want to <laughs> always do to like bend it into trail running. You know, it's just those things really speak to me. Right. And I, I surprise your, your surprise packages that you put out and your race t-shirts and your stickers to me, they're like one of a kind. I mean, I have, I have some slapped on my Honda Odyssey, right? It's a, <laughs> yes. it's a piece of pizza, Yeti trail runners. And I, I, people ask me about that stuff like all the time. Yeah, I, it's, it is really just sometimes I like wake up with an idea, right? And I, I can't draw for anything, right? <laughs> so I, I wish I could show people the emails back and forth, like until I found like a graphic artist that like got me, right? Like, so now the person I work with like really gets me and I'll be like, okay, we need two lightning bolts like coming right through the middle of the unicorn and then we're going to have a rain cloud somewhere. You know, like, <laughs> like send it back and it's perfect. I'm like, this is exactly what I wanted. So, <laughs> like, Dude. Lord help us if I ever could draw anything. <laughs> That's, like, yeah. I, just, I just wake up with these like weird visions in my head. Like I say, like sometimes I'll be in a bathroom and I'll see like, a little paper towel logo and it's not meant for paper towels i in my mind it was meant for trail running like so i snap a photo of it and like take it home and put it together on what i envision it to be and send it to an artist and they come back and i'm like oh this is this is exactly what i thought it would be i have to imagine that that process right there is like one of the coolest parts of being a race director for you oh yes dude like being able to, to let out that creative stuff like really helps me, you know, and this is like when I'm running trails, you know, so I feel the same way. You know, it's a very creative like route planning, like how you're going to yeah. get up there. Right. And it's, you know, I was just at LeConte a few weeks ago in the Smokies and uh, I came up this weird route that, you know, looked good on Google earth and the ranger was up there and he was like, ah, you shouldn't come up that way. <laughs> and I was like, why? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I came up through the the rock face area. It was is pretty is pretty awesome, by the way. So, <laughs> and I, I think that's what you get. Like, right? You look at maps and mountains all day and find creative routes to the to the summit. And you know, yeah, you know, dude, that's I'll, what I I wanted to mention that you guys did the uh, you and Candace did the virtual um, East Coast versus West Coast, which I helped you win. So no big deal. Hey, I, I was, know you did. I was so it. slow. I stopped for like 40 minutes at an aid station <laughs> with my buddy. He, he showed up with some coffee and some pickles. So I was like, all right. But I thought one of the coolest aspects to that was designing your own route. And I think that's actually, I mean, from a racer perspective, you know, I, at first I wanted to poo poo the idea of virtual races, but then I was like, Oh, I get to actually kind of experience one aspect of being a race director here, which is designing a route. And I linked up all these trails from my front door to Bear Peak and Boulder. And it was awesome, man. Like, I'll never forget that. And I, I think that's kind of like this part of these virtual races that like is kind of underappreciated. Yeah. You know, I, I also poo-pooed virtual races. I thought they didn't. I, I'm going to... I. Say, I've said this. Here's, here, I was at this trail running conference one time years ago. And this person, I'm not going to say his name, stands up and goes, the future is virtual, ra virtual races. I was like, you better sit down. I'm going to fight you. You know, like, <laughs> I, and I was not playing, right? Because being an RD is like a lot of hard work, right? Yeah. A lot of hard work 
to put on a race. And like you said, it's course, like determining where you, you can get aid in, Mark, you know, all the things. Like you just said, where can I meet someone for aid, right? All these things are happening. But what I found, this is what I found. Suddenly, I wasn't just a race director, right? Suddenly, um, the community that I, of Yetis, the trail runners, you know, were in a, a mental kind of spiral with no races, no events, and no gatherings, right? And this is why all this came about. And we, ha I used my creative talent to just start coming up with like, you know, like 12 days of Yeti instead of 12 days of Christmas. And every, and you know, like every day for those 12 days, I gave you a piece of my own running plan. And people are like, what? Like it, it mesmerized people, right? Because yeah. I, I, when I'm training for a race, it, it sucks the life out of you, right? Like you're training for something like 50, 100 miles. What I learned a long time ago is I started writing in things like to, to keep my mental health going, right? So when I start a training cycle, I pick a book from the most challenged and banned books list that I haven't read. And I, I begin to read it. And I also take like other days. I, I listen to new music every day, like every day. Something I would not listen to, I just start listening to different playlists on Spotify, you know, and, and things like that. And it really... And then I started adding like little life things, like other life things where, you know, when we're training, it makes you really distance from those around you a lot, right? You're spending hours away. So I found a way to kind of bridge that gap. And I would write in little things like, you know, call or text someone you haven't spoken to in six months and just ask them how they're doing. Not, nothing else, right? And I'm going to tell you something. If everyone listening to this, if you do that one thing, just text someone, a friend or a family member you haven't spoken to, how you're doing, I, I promise it, it will change them. And, and, and I'll offer a connection to you. And it'll, it'll increase a lot of happiness in your heart. I, I know that's really weird hearing coming from a punk rock dude with tattoos all over him, but I promise. Like, I, and so in that 12 Days of Yeti, it gave people like this light, like this introspective, like they're like, Oh, I, on Monday they would walk three miles. And then on Wednesday they would have to walk those same three miles. And if they didn't beat the time for Monday, you know, they had to run a mile backwards. <laughs> this, this is what my personal training plan is. You know why? Because have you ever tried to run a mile backwards? It's horrific. And you look, and you look like an idiot. Like, you know, like, so so the whole time on Wednesday that I'm walking, I'm remembering if I don't beat my time for Monday, I got to walk backwards. And did you, you not tell them, like, you didn't tell them on Wednesday you're going to walk this again, right? Nope. Yeah. It yeah. Was, so it's like the 12, uh, you know, 12 days of Yeti, you got everything the night before. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, I, I came up with, like, I, I, and it helped our community and group grow and, and become active. And so, and how about this? At the 7-Eleven, about 15 of the people did some of the virtual Yeti stuff and showed up and, and completed their first in-person ultra, right? That's, 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 awesome. that's, that's, that's as good as it gets to me, yeah, right? Like, yeah. that's the goal. I'm not, I'm not just saying this, Jason, because you're on, you're on the podcast, but you, I believe, I don't know for certain, I haven't done my research, but I believe you guys, your group was the first one at the cusp of the beginning of kind of quarantine and COVID 
that jumped on like the virtual thing, right? And, yes. and Chris and I have spoken earlier about, you know, our, our feelings about virtual and everything, but like you, you put this like unique spin on it where it wasn't, I'm not going to mention any other organizations or anything yeah. like that, but every, every Tom, Dick and Harry, every X, Y, and Z organization or group tried to jump on it. And it, but it was like, just do this virtual thing from run from point A to point B metaphorically, just do this thing. But when I saw your group do it, and when I saw the whole East versus West thing, like it got people who wouldn't normally be interested or inspired by this virtual thing. It put a whole different, it kind of like broke my brain for a little bit. Cause I'm like, Chris was telling me about it and I was getting like stoked about like this virtual thing and about him discovering new trails and all the things that you're doing. I just are like super commendable. Uh, personally, I, I wouldn't have been able to camp train either. I mean, yeah. like no races, COVID going up and, and look, uh, the only way I know to be is like unique and or, or weird, what, whatever you want to call it, right? Like Jason just doesn't wake up and train like normal people. Like that's just not my cup of tea, nor will it ever be. And I think, and the Yetis are the same way. We always need a creative outlet, right? Like, you know, but it's, and I was so happy to be able to provide that and people to, to and, and all over the country, like all over the world, you know, we probably had, you know, a few hundred people from around, you know, outside the U.S. So it, it was very special to me. And, it, and, it, and people got the Yeti message, and that was incredible to me. And yeah. I, I love getting emails where people get the confidence from all the weird, wacky crap that we did to go and finish their first in-person race. To me, th that it was worth every penny. Yeah. And, and, you know, and, you know, I caught a lot of criticism and I have never wanted to think of myself above criticism. You know, like I told you before, I wanted to fight to do the stood up and said virtual races <laughs> are the future. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, but we just, but, we, we, we've just been in quarantine for an entire yeah. year and you could have taken, we're not trying to make, we're not trying to turn a negative thing into a positive thing, but like you took something where you could have just shut up shop for an entire year. You could yeah. have just dropped off the radar and, stopped with the social media and all that stuff, but you turned a tragedy or something into like an opportunity. And a lot of race directors did shut off. Right. And then a lot of like running stores who'd never put on races suddenly have virtual races fighting against the race directors they support. Right. And this was, uh, but here's the deal in our community, ultra running, like mental health is a big deal. Right. Yeah. Let me see if I get you back there. Oh, uh, and uh, mental health is a huge deal. People, and people have to do something. And, and this is why every week you hear me say, you know, try something new. Try something new. Like a month ago, I learned how to sew, like embroider. So now all my pants have lightning bolts on it. I, I swear <laughs> to you. Like one of the things about being an adult, it's hard as hell to start at square one right yeah and i encourage people all the time like do try something new you'll never know what you're gonna fall in love with like what's gonna speak to your soul right because let's be real honest here you're probably not gonna run forever and ever and injury is gonna come or something's gonna happen and it's gonna be taken away from you and up until i had a serious mountain accident and injury I thought I'd run forever. And I have to tell you, when it was swiped for me, I, I was devastated, yeah. you know? 
And I was like, what do I do, right? Like, <laughs> and it was, it was tough. And this is why I doubled down on people, like encouraging, try something new. Do you know how hard sewing was for me? Like, gee, I can't even tell you. Like, you know, I, I was like reading a book, How to Sew, like <laughs> on the couch. And I was like, oh, I would throw it down. I'd be like so frustrated, right? Like, I love that though, things. like the beginner mindset. There's something that's kind of addicting about it, even when you are really suck at something or you're terrible at it. But you see these, like, you improve by, like, leaps and bounds by doing something new. Oh, exactly, right? Exactly. Like, you know, I just got into some, like, backcountry alpine tour, you know? Like, I've, I was, like, wrecking into tree wells, like, almost, like, getting killed, like, getting buried in <laughs> snow, right? Like, and people were just, and I know people are always scared to go out with people who are better than they are. I have to tell you, like everyone I ski with, uh, do a little mountaineering, like go ice climbing with, you, you know what they all say to me? They are like, man, dude, like you, your spirit, like of just to do it and be humble. They're like, like people respect that. So if yeah. you ever, like, if you're a slow runner and you go out fast runners, I, I know this for a fact, like they will respect you. Like, you know, don't be scared, right? Like try new things, be humble. Like that is the beauty of this life, right? Yeah. Like, between, and that's between, between the both of you, like, I don't, I feel like I don't belong being here, you know, speaking with Chris Ward and Jason Green and like, but what's the old adage that you are an average of like the five people that you surround yourself with? Yes. So like my, my experience with ultra running is I can be the slowest. I can be the person who's run the least and never ran a 50 miler or never run a hundred K or a hundred miler or anything like that. But like, if you just surround yourself with people who've done these grandiose things, then you'll kind of just win by like osmosis. Cause you'll just, I, I, yeah, Bill, I, I want to take a time out here. Like w pretty much all of us know your story uh -huh. and your spirit soars probably the biggest in this damn room that we sit in right here. And, and I mean that I'm looking right at you. I, and when I, have seen you on the course and seen you to finish line and see how you make people. It's, it's impressive. And I love it. And you, you have a very great spirit, my friend. Yeah. Wow. I've never seen the guy worn down in a race. <laughs> we did the stage race together the last or like two years in a row. And it's like, dude, I, you came into an aid station once you're singing like Jimmy Buffett and stuff. And I'm like, dude, it is like 90, nine degrees out here how are you doing this dude this dude came across the finish line and like jumped into my arms i was like <laughs> you, dude it's in the daytime i've been up for like 28 hours like don't be doing this stuff <laughs> yeah no, but you you give you give what you get and i mean you you've been up <laughs> as long as runners have been running for 30 33 hours 35 hours like You've been up that entire time giving every single runner that crosses your finish line a freaking hug. And like, you make them feel like the most special person. Like you're saying a guy that finishes like dead last deserves to have crossed the finish line just as much as the first guy. But like you're giving that energy. So that's the energy that I feel you get back. Like you look at anybody that runs your race and like everyone's got a, a character or a story or yeah. you, you, you attract what you give out, you know, and I just, I'm so inspired, like all the pictures, I'm sure you're traveling for like business and everything, but every time you're going out for a run or whatever, I'm like, where, like, where in the world is Carmen San Diego? You know, like you're just, 
You're all over the globe. I, I, I have to I have to say something about like people all the time think the DFL is the loneliest spot in a race. You you ain't never seen the first person finish and me and them be standing there at two thirty in the morning and it's just me and them. <laughs> That's the that is the loneliest look, there's a reason they come back to see everybody come in. Yeah. Like, this is the truth. I feel so bad for the people that, that win those hundred milers in the wee hours of the morning because there ain't nobody around except me and them. Why? Right? Why? Because they, they get to go back to the, the Hampton Inn and get eight hours. <laughs> they get to <laughs> yeah, up, update their blog about the race. <laughs> get back but every time they come in, I'm like, man, this is like a sorry sight, right? Like, because <laughs> you'll be watching Western States and it's like the whole town comes out there for the, you know, but those guys finish in the daylight. It'd be finished at nine o'clock eating a taco time out there, you know, like the, so I always feel so that like about about when the first person comes in i, I feel like i'm just like well hey man here it is there's like one guy <laughs> ringing a little cowbell hey <laughs> cool and dude think, Jay, jason's sewing a sauce so- quite sauce low yeah i was like next time don't finish so fast come on <laughs> yeah dude slow it down man Jeez. you're just crocheting is that the next thing <laughs> what, what are you what are you trying to prove come on get <laughs> um jason i gotta ask you this to kind of wrap up i read on on your website uh about basically you whitewater like boating through the creeks and the rivers of virginia and for me i think that's kind of like an unsung hero of virginia is just those creeks uh, that you find everywhere and they're just they're just awesome i don't know how else to describe them but i want to hear a little bit about that you yeah, call it so, crick, by the way? Crick? crick I never say cricks. Okay, that's a <laughs> but, Midwest thing. Yeah, and, and a lot of people don't know I have boated the the steep the street creek beside the creeper trail right there, White Top Laurel, a b- bunches of times. Yeah, I just you know, uh, my really good friend like got a whitewater boat, and he's like, "You should get a whitewater boat." We're teenagers, right? And I was like, "Yeah, sounds fun, right?" <laughs> and his dad also boated, and we. Like, I just loved it. It was another, like, great expression in the mountains, right? And then we just got into, like, steep creek boating. And then let's think about this. Late 90s, we were the first ones. Like, he and I grew up skateboarding together, still skated. We were doing, like, early grabs off, like, grabbing our boats. Like, we're skating, like, going off, like, 10-foot drops. You know, a log would be, like, most people would be like, oh, there's a strainer here. We got a portage and he and I would just try to ride the, you know, we'd slide the log in the boat. Like, you know, we like brought skate boat boarding to kayaking and that's, that's what it was. And I, I loved whitewater boating with a passion. And then in a single year in my twenties, mid twenties. So I had a year where several close friends died in whitewater accidents and, and including my, best friend's father that we just discussed you know which was he was a great class five boater and he also just got swept under a rock in virginia an undercut and you know and at the time i was just like you know when i'm on the top of a mountain with exposure uh and i know things can happen it's it's something i accept that right and i understand that things happen and i can die you know like i said was involved in a pretty serious mountain accident 
But for some reason, I was not willing to die in a kayak. So I really, after the last friend died, put it away and walked away it from it. It just seems like there's a lot more like factors that are outside your control there. Yeah. And, and, but it's so much damn fun. Oh my yeah. God. Like I watch videos of people now just killing those things. And I just want to do it so bad. And there's this place I run up an icicle Creek and it's just like a solid, like five miles of like hardcore class four or five Creek boating. And I see guys and everybody in the river and it, I just want to do it so bad again. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. but yeah, I, like I said, it's not, it's, it's not, it's something I love to do, but it doesn't really speak to me and I'm not willing to give my life for it. Yeah. You yeah, know, totally high, will- high exposure, grabbing a summit. Yeah. I understand the mountain bikes back and I'm willing to, to, to just fall. You Dude, know, like, you do, do you do okay with exposure? Cause that, it makes me, oh man, it makes things tingle. You know, I don't know how to describe it, but I'm like, it's like a tingler out of like, nervousness. <laughs> I, I'm like good with exposure as long as the climb don't kind of get above like five, seven, five, eight, you know, like, yeah. like near the summit block. But I, I'm pretty okay these days with it, you know, uh, and I, I wasn't okay. And then I, I'll go real quick and I was crossing uh, uh, this kind of rock path uh in the mountains and the the rock broke away and i was in like a free fall in the mountain and and so instead of falling to my death i fell into a crack like straight down like but it ruptured my achilles like so i still had to get out six miles because i don't call helicopters like i'm just i just I'm, i'm not willing to do it really and um yeah so but ruptured achilles full rupture um nine weeks later made a summit how about that yeah that's amazing so, man yeah so a, a few a few months after that injury you had a 200 plus uh man beast jump into your arms at the finish line of the yeah game. you remember that i held you up with that yeah i had to, i had to wear like this little uh ankle brace for several months but i yeah that's the way i feel about boating like man some people they're just born to do it and it was a lot of fun but it's a lot of risk and yeah. it definitely outweighed the rewards I was getting from it. And, and, you know, it was a hard, hard, hard thing to witness. Yeah, man. Wow. All right. So I'll wrap up with this one. Um, if you had to suggest to somebody who, well, not even anyone who's never trail ran, but someone who's only ran out in the West, like California, Colorado, Arizona, those places, where, where in Virginia would you send them? And I know you're in Georgia now and stuff, yeah, but yeah. like they're, but Vir- they're, Virginia's, yeah, there's, it's, it's kind of this gym that people don't really consider. To me, I would always send you to my favorite state park in Virginia as uh, Grayson Islands, right? I love it. Because because it will be very reminiscent of Colorado. A lot of natural balds are still out there, right? So, and good, like, rock outcroppings, I, I think it's just very appealing. And if yeah. you live on the East Coast and you go there, like, you don't have to go out west to run. You can go to Grayson Highlands and get a little bit of west. And there's wild ponies. This is the best part. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're, well, they're not so wild. They're, they're really pets now because they realize everyone's carrying Snickers bars. You know <laughs> So, but I, I think that is one of the most beautiful places to run in Virginia. Uh, I've run down Great Falls before, like, uh, and I think that's beautiful, but 
and and uh, there are several other places that look like Grayson Islands. I I probably shouldn't say, but <laughs> but I think Grayson. Go to Grayson Islands. Your life will be changed if you live in the West. If if you're a young person and can't uh, afford uh, to go out west, go to Grayson Highlands and you'll get the experience. Dude, I love it, man. That place is amazing. Well, Jason, thank you for coming on the show, man. Thank like, you, guys. It was Phil. so much fun. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Phil, it was great to see you. <laughs> He's wearing I, his... I still, I still have your bracelet from like two years ago, dude. Yes, dude. Yes. It's so funky. <laughs> yes, but... I love yeah. it. Yeah, man. Holy shit. Okay, well, we'll have to go to a bar, and you'll have to get my back if we get in a bar fight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Well, dude, where can people kind of, like, find out about your races and, man, and all yeah. that stuff? So, uh, yetitrailrunners.com, and we have a private Facebook group. And if you just need, like, uh, uh, some a friend to talk to and you're in a hard place, my cell phone number is at the bottom of the webpage, and it's pretty open and out there. So if you have a question, just call me. I'll answer it for you, right? And, you know, so you can find us anywhere. You can send me a message on Instagram, you know, or whatever you want to do. You just Google Yeti Trail Runners and find me. And my mobile number is on the bottom of the webpage. Like I said, I leave it up there because I think it's very important to have an open line of communication for uh, ultra running community. Yeah, man, dude, sweet. Well, thank you for coming on, Phil. Any last words? Any, any, uh, any more Home Depot quotes? No, no. I got, I got an email. No, my, my mind, my mind is absolutely blown right now because I'm sitting down with a guy that I had many conversations with about never, ever, ever running a hundred miles, and then I'm sitting with a guy who got me to run a hundred miles. So I feel like I'm between my two dads or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> but I, I love. I love I love you guys, and I love all that you're doing for the trail and ultra running community. I mean, it's it's a hell of a community, and Jason, you're doing a, a fine, fine job. Thank you. And and if you're in the Yeti Army, sorry, I, I didn't cuss probably this whole. <laughs> I told Jason, I I texted or I emailed him because he's like, "Can I cuss?" And I was like, "I mean, I like to keep it PG-13, but like the new age PG-13 where you can drop an <laughs> f-bomb or two. So if you want one, here's the last last no. chance, man." Yeah, no, no, that's okay. But the guy who made that Yeti Troners movie, he came out and he had like a censored version. And I was like, what? What's good? Dude, I watched that movie with my seven-year-old. Oh, God. <laughs> my, my mother just raised complete hell over me. I think she called and said, if your grandmother was alive, she'd switch your ass so hard right now. <laughs> my mom was like why who who are you <laughs> that's amazing here we go guys shucks on three one two three shucks shucks darn <laughs> darn it dag <laughs> all right we'll see you later guys have a great one thank you guys yes. Take care, bye. Bye -bye. all right that wraps up this week's episode of the like a bigfoot podcast um huge thanks to jason you're incredible uh guys I think you can tell when I'm excited when basically it sounds like I'm yelling the whole entire podcast. <laughs> I, I listened back to a few little bits and I'm like, why am I yelling at Jason Green right now? Like, <laughs> I was just so excited to talk with him, man. He just is like 
such a cool guy. He's created some amazing events. His virtual challenges over this last year have been life-changing to a lot of people. And I, I think that's fair to say, like he really got creative with all those virtual challenges, which is awesome because, you know, when you first hear about a virtual race, you're like, uh, like, I don't know if this sounds like what I enjoy about this. Um, but he did some really unique things with it and I'm glad that he's going to continue some of those into the future. I'm also glad he's doing all of his in-person races and all that fun stuff. Um, and also just being out there, like exploring, you know, he's the Yeti, he's the Yeti, he's the Yeti trail runners guy. And He's out in the woods just roaming around like Bigfoot, like a Bigfoot. Hey, that's the name of this show. Um, but yeah, I think he just like in the spirit of trail running runs through Jason Green. I'm pretty sure. Alrighty. So, uh, yeah, huge thanks to him. Huge thanks to Phil. Uh, big news, guys. Phil Pinty just signed up for the Deseret stage race year three. Um, and I know... I don't want to like just make the podcast where I just am talking about this and promoting it, but it's a huge thing in my life right now. Um, something I'm working really hard on. So um, I know there's going to be moments because we're out there filming it for the documentary. I know there's going to be moments where I, I see all the racers head off in the distance and I'm just sitting there like holding a camera sadly because I just like a single tear coming down because I just want to join them because I know what they're about to go through. And I know the beauty of the Cocopelli that they're about to see. Um, so there will be that I'll have like the fear of missing out a pit, but at the same time, we'll be on our own adventure, uh, in a very unique way, trying to tell the story. So, um, so yeah, but anyways, I'm excited for Phil, uh, kind of jealous, not gonna lie year three. That sounds awesome. So, um, but yeah, guys, that's it for the week. Uh, next week we have a super exciting episode. We're going to sit down with Ryan Wanless and Kari Gibbons. Uh, they finished the Iditarod. We recorded it probably two or three weeks after the race itself. And now it's been a few months. So, um, they're going to come on. They're going to tell us all about the Iditarod this year. Um, this is Ryan. It, it'll be his second year. So you can check out those previous episodes we've done with him. They're both winter ultra racers and the winter ultras are like a subcategory of a subcategory. And it's, they're full of complete badasses who can handle like negative 40 degree temperature and like just being way out there in the snow, pulling sleds. Like, dude, it is wild. I, I told Ryan afterwards, I'm like, Oh, winter ultra, that might be a thing that I, I want to try to do at some point. So, um, yeah, so come back for that episode next week. Um, but thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, really appreciate it. Really appreciate all the support on our Indiegogo campaign. You guys are going to love the movie. We got some really fun footage, uh, the other weekend. And I think you guys, some really cool interviews, things like that. So, um, thanks to Jason green. Thanks to Phil. Uh, we'll get back to you guys next week.